Hey, dude, this dog like stinks, man. Okay, groomer, do something about it, man. you pet stylists, you found the Groom Pod. Welcome to our virtual salon. My name is Susie and I'm your host. I'm a mobile groomer from Seattle, Washington, and anyone who knows me will tell you I love to talk, especially about my job. One of my favorite people to talk to is my friend and mentor and co-star of the show, Miss Barbara Bird. Hey Susie, I'm so glad to be here today ready to discuss shampoo reactions with you, my favorite mentee. And we made it past the Christmas season. Now there are the New Year's parties, and then we march on to the next cycle around the sun. Welcome to episode 396 of the Groom Pod, recorded on December 17th, 2023 in Snohomish, Washington and Tucson, Arizona temporarily anyway. This podcast is brought to you by our kind sponsors, Best Shot, Show Season, Precision Sharp, Groomore, Stazco, and you guys. If you want to support the show, go to our website, thegroompod.com, and click on the Patreon button and subscribe to the show there. Or if you want to help Barbara out, do so with the donation button that says, click here to help Barbara. This week, we're talking, like Barbara said, we're going to talk about shampoo reactions, a specific one that we discuss on our Facebook group, and we're going to let you in on our favorite things list, if we can keep it to an hour and a half or two hours, because we got a lot of favorite things. What's new this week is brought to you by Groomore Software. If you haven't found Groomore, you're missing out. Groomore is an all-in-one software solution for your grooming business. Whether you are a solo mobile groomer or manage several shops, Groomore has everything you need. 24-hour online booking and forms, routing, credit card processing, reminders, Google Calendar and QuickBooks integration, and so much more. And the best customer service anywhere. Shop mobile or house call, Groomore has you covered. And they're giving us a free month. Just enter GroomPod22 in the coupon code. Well, I survived my first week without my K92 and with my new Shernbow dryer. You want to know how it went? <laughs> I had to do my standard poodle, talk about jumping in the pool with both feet. And man, that dryer is really loud. I didn't pull out my decibel meter, but I'm going to next time I go out to the trailer. It's so loud, but it's like one of those old pickup trucks where you hit the gas and it sounds louder, but it doesn't actually go any faster. <laughs> it's kind of like that. I mean, it's okay. It's certainly going to be fine as a backup dryer. And the adjustable speed... That's pretty cool. I can see where that is really handy for some of the dogs that don't like their faces done. Man, but I can't incorporate that into my lifestyle in the trailer, unfortunately. I just have switches to turn my motors on and off. It's a well-constructed motor. It does have brushes, so you theoretically can maintain it if you can get the parts. And if they'll tell you how to get in there, it's a little tough. I mean, they said, here's the owner manual, and then there's nothing in there about how to repair anything or change out maintenance. But overall, the thing I hate the most, and believe me, I say hate with a passion, 
the thing I hate so much is the hose. The hose is bizarre. It's like an uncircumcised penis, right? It shrinks all up and you can't tell really what it is. It's all squished up next to the body of the dryer. And then you hit the air and it unfolds and extends all the way out. But it's really fat. It's very girthy. It's like tuna can girthy. It's a girthy hose. And so my little arthritic hands don't manage the end of it. So I'm desperately putting a call out to all the listeners. If anybody has modified the Shernbow hose so that I can use a K92 or a double K hose. I think I'm gonna have to destroy the original hose to make it work. Man, this hose is horrible. Barbara, I hate the hose. I cannot stress it enough. Ugh. Diameter in your hand is a serious thing. It makes a huge difference. And it's one of the reasons, well, diameter and weight. I can't do a big fat hose my thumb just kills me i understand that some are made for like men's hands they're made from industrial materials for other tools that are used by men if you look at the chinese people overall you don't think of them as having massive manly hands <laughs> you would think they would go with a smaller one here's the other thing if it's a smaller diameter hose like the one on the k92 I think the air would be more effective. I think that some of the air pressure gets lost in the big, girthy, uncircumcised hose. <laughs> May I possibly make a correction here? It has to do with the diameter of the hole or area from which the air comes out of the hose. Okay, and that is substantial. I mean, it's substantially large. Doesn't it have its water chamber? attachment that you put on? Yes, it came with three attachments. It's got a flat nozzle that's kind of wide, and then it's got a flat yeah. nozzle that's kind of smaller, and then it's got a teeny, tiny, teeny, weeny cone nozzle. Any one of them make the noise almost unbearable, and I don't do a lot with the cone anyway. My dogs aren't used to it at this point. So I do a lot of drying just holding the open cuff. This is very ineffective with the open cuff. So what I've learned is if I turn the dryer Air Force down, then I put an attachment on, I can work with it. Okay, Susie doesn't like the dryer and she <laughs> hates wide hoses. So I get it. <laughs> you really don't like that. <laughs> yeah, well, between the noise output and the discomfort caused by the wide hose, it's a no-go. Well, it's a go when I have to go. And it, the nozzles attach in this weird interlocking way, which that's also interesting. Okay, there's more people. It's also... Yes. <laughs> the attachments attach. Well, it's just weird. I don't care so much about that. Have you ever used a flying pig? Nope. I've never used anything but the canine 2 and the Lang dryer. Well, there's a lot of difference amongst dryers. My first high-velocity dryer was a Mighty Wind. And mm. it was loud and it was fierce. And it was loud. And my bather would just use the cone attachment and whip these mats into 
the coat and then jerk them out with a comb. That's why I had to fire her. But it was the first and it was a miracle. And you put up with the noise. I had also had double K dryers that I've used. I've used so many. My X Power dryer, they did change the hose on the X Power, and it's a larger outlet, slightly more wide hose. The outer wire protector, whatever they call it, on the original hose would break in places and it just eventually rendered the hose insufferable you know it just wouldn't work anymore it would get holes in it or you would step on it and it would squish together permanently and stuff so they changed the hose and it's a better hose but it is a little bit wider you might not like it but I can use it but your hands are your specific thing you have to work around all the time. Oh, you're so right. That's one of the things that can happen when you groom for years and years. Hands are a a huge issue. My feet are what stopped working properly for me. I, I think it's one of the main reasons why I've had falls is because my toes are so fucked up. There's only one way I can describe my feet. They are fucked up (laughs) and my toes are all (laughs) touching each other and bent underneath each other you don't appreciate the job that the toes do until they don't do it (laughs) right I know what you're saying boy I can't walk downhill anymore because my knees and ankles don't work I feel like I'm gonna fall I forgot to tape my bad knee the other the day. Sometimes I wonder whether the KT tape is really working until I take it off and go without it for a few days. And then I realize that, oh, shoot, I didn't retape my leg. So KT tape help, but it doesn't work so much with your hands. Yeah, it's true. Vet wrap works pretty good with your hands. But my hands don't hurt so much. Well, they do after I'm working with this hose. <laughs> but I do have a dryer hose clamp that works great with every dryer hose. Doesn't work with this dryer. Don't you use the hose in the third arm right at the nozzle? No, I use the hose clamp to lift the weight of the hose so that I'm not pulling on my wrist when I'm drying. So I'm holding the nozzle and it's coming down from above. But yeah, that's okay. It's not forever. My K92 will come back and life will be good again. I'm not so worried. But it's interesting, like you say, there's so many different variables and options. Yeah, so now I want to go take another look at the flying pig, which a lot of groomers have said they were surprised to be impressed with as a cheap or affordable substitute. I mean, even Dave has said that he liked the flying pig. Yeah, it looks very similar to what I have. It's an odd cuff. The cuff has a hard plastic end, and it's got a neoprene sleeve on it, so it's solid. The hose comes in from one end into an interesting twist-in fitting, I think, and then gets larger at the exit, and then the 
nozzles fit in the end. And this looks very similar to that. Uh, anyway, it's perfectly functional. And I'm sure if my hands didn't hurt, it would be just fine. And it'll get me through. So let's take a break then, and we'll get back to our very first appointment, which is actually in your classroom, oh boy. Barbara. Did you know that Stasco has come out with a couple of new products? First, there's the Stasco Oatmeal Protein Conditioner. This conditioner provides exceptional body and manageability and super shiny finishes. And it has a wonderful apple scent that I love. Great in the recirculator, too. And they have a new matching protein conditioning spray, dematting, anti-static conditioning, and finishing all in one, just like the original Stasco spray, but with that delicious apple fragrance. Look for these new products at trade shows and your favorite distributors like Cascade Grooming Supplies. Groomers, take your seats. It's time for Bee Birds Classroom. If you hang out on our Facebook discussion group, facebook.com slash group slash the groom pod, you would have seen kind of a very panicky post from one of our listeners, Justin, whose sister-in-law had washed her dog in a human Trader Joe's shampoo and the dog appeared to be having quite a reaction. So Justin says, my sister-in-law washed her dog in this shampoo. The shampoo has tons of citrus oils. The picture of the dog is on Facebook. His hair is falling out. He's got big welts. He's got scratches where he's been digging at himself. And this was like right after the shampoo because the dog looks wet. And he suggested to soak the dog in olive oil to dilute the citrus oils. What do you think about that? Soak the dog in olive oil? Yeah. He said soak the dog in olive oil to dilute the citrus oils. The citrus oils are already attached to the body once they have soaked into the skin you can't dilute them you can only dilute them before you apply them you can't do that that doesn't hold up no science to that so if this was your dog and you were in this situation where you've got a client's dog and well first of all you probably wouldn't have chosen this shampoo well no but i want to say that I looked at the picture of that shampoo and it looked like it could have been sitting around for a while. There was matter in there that looked like it had uh, was kind of dispersed throughout. I, it didn't make any sense with the ingredients of it. So it looked like something had kind of coagulated a little bit. I, it looked old to me. So one of my questions that I, uh, I didn't post this question, but in, further thought, one of my first questions would have been, when was this shampoo purchased? Because not only are citrus oils that have a lot of D-limonene in them, they are a sensitizer. When those citrus oils oxidize from oxygen and air and light, they become 10 times or a hundred times more of an aggressive sensitizer. Knowing that, I was a little bit surprised when I looked at the ingredients list, which I did try to read and did pretty good. I got through most of it. You've been impressed with me. I well, noticed that. I read them too and I said, what the heck? Why Trader Joe's? So I said, you know what? This is the kind of shampoo that would have been formulated 
in the early days of the natural movement, because these are natural ingredients and Trader Joe's is a natural outlet. Most of their stuff is uh, that healthy and natural and all that bullshit. Why wouldn't they put their shampoo into a dark bottle? Right. The light is another degrading uh, thing for all essential oils come in brown bottles, blue bottles, dark black bottles, all bottles that block the sun, block the light from there because the UV rays degrade and citrus oils are very susceptible to that. And that's what I saw in that bottle. It looked brownish. There was brown specks in it. And the other thing is, I took that picture to Trader Joe's, and I asked the manager du jour, who might not be an expert, if he recognized that. He didn't recognize it, and he couldn't find it in his master file. So that might have been a very short-lived product that somebody picked up five years ago from Trader Joe's, didn't use it, didn't use it once or twice, put it away, and then suddenly they want to be the ones that give the dog a bath, and they drag out this natural shampoo that's been sitting around and uh, opened several times. What we know now about delimonene and the, the components of citrus oils and some of the other elements in that shampoo, we would never formulate that now. We just wouldn't. And I certainly wouldn't recommend it, even though I am a Trader Joe's fan. I was getting ready to write to them, and then I noticed that it, this might be a really discontinued I, I couldn't find it. I mean, I did a Google search for a day looking for it. It's not Googleable. If you cannot <laughs> find Trader Joe's dog shampoo, it doesn't exist. It was a human shampoo, not a dog shampoo. That was what I thought anyway. Okay, I confess I looked up Trader Joe's dog shampoo and didn't find anything. I swear I read. It must be in the comments. It's not in his comments. It must be somewhere else in the comments. Uh, and there's 54 comments, so I don't want to dig through them right <laughs> now. <laughs> but I believe it was a human shampoo. Anyway, either way, it doesn't matter if it's still been sitting around and it's got all of those essential oils in there and citrus oils in there. I wouldn't trust a clear bottle anyway. I just don't think that's smart. And yeah, like you said, it's obviously been used. There's only one-third of it left in the bottle. That thing's been sitting around for a long time. So, okay, let's move forward then. So you get this dog that your sister-in-law washed, and she's asking what to do. What is the next step if you've got a reaction like this going on? Well, when it looks like the picture that we saw on the website, that's a situation that really calls for a vet visit. I mean, that's some serious inflammation, and we've seen um, dogs with that much of a roaring inflammation go into a toxic situation. You can't ignore it when it's that bad. Do you wash the dog in something else, or are you risking an interaction? 
Well, yeah, it's tricky. I would get the dog to the vet. But yes, you could wash the dog and don't use like a clarifying shampoo. Don't use an oatmeal shampoo, but use a gentle, fragrance-free. Like True Tearless? True Tearless from Chelsea's and is really a good go-to because it cleans well, but it's gentle. And it doesn't have much of any fragrance at all. I mean, it it doesn't smell chemical, so there might be a little something in it. It's a hypoallergenic shampoo, for real. So this poor lady drove to five different vets to try to get somebody to take the dog in, including two emergency vets. And nobody would take them. The best she could get was a 2 o'clock appointment. And after they bathed the dog in Dawn... The dogs seem to be doing fine. I wouldn't have probably chosen Dawn because it's pretty harsh and the dog's skin was so inflamed. The other thing that I would do is I would give the dog a uh, children's Benadryl. That would have been a good idea. It definitely looked like some of the scratches were from the back feet on the body. Like it was really bugging the dog and maybe buff those nails out while you're waiting for your stupid emergency appointment that isn't (laughs) going to be available for hours and hours and hours. Uh, Apparently the dog's doing fine and everything went okay, but how scary. I definitely have run into owners that don't want to go to the vet. That's frustrating. Don't want to go to the vet because of the money? Well, I'm like, (laughs) that's not my ideal self, but it is the persona I've been forced into by financial circumstances, as have many people. The vets are so expensive anymore. We're paying for all their fancy equipment. And every clinic is a mini hospital. There just really needs to be a little bit of um, a triage in the types of facilities that are available for people with ill pets. Or pet care. Very true. And, and there, true. And there is a little bit of that because there's ABC Vet or ABC Pet, whatever it is in our town, that does like walk-in nails and ear cleaning and anal glands and stuff like that. It's different and it's low cost and they do vaccinations and you don't have to pay a fortune for a simple procedure if that's all your dog needs. Now, that might not be where I would take that raging inflammation, only because I know how serious inflammation can be if it spreads and if it it becomes systemic. We need more different levels of veterinary care instead of Everything either being an expensive general practitioner or an even ultra expensive specialist. There needs to be nurse practitioner types. You know what I'm saying? We need that level for pet care where you're absolutely right. Walk in with your pet and uh, have somebody say, uh, this is serious. This isn't serious. I always think of that as part of our job a little bit, to be the gatekeeper. Yeah. When they trust you, they'll call you or tell you or bring the dog in, or you'll catch it at grooming. But not all dogs are groomed. Most of them, the vast majority aren't. 
True. Very true. One thing I should mention, write it down on the cards that you keep or the records that you keep for this particular dog that it had a reaction. You ought to be keeping a journal of um, pet grooming products and reactions. You need to make notes when you loved something that happened that you used something and something else with it and wow, you got the pop and result that you hoped for. You need to know what is over softening your coats and you can't scissor the shit out of them. You need to know anytime you have an adverse reaction, any adverse reaction really needs to be notated. And I say in a journal is on the animal's card because once you start keeping a journal, you start seeing patterns. Yeah, great idea. That journal should be in your first aid kit or in your file cabinet or something. Yeah, good point. I do record everything that I use on a pet, including which cologne and which conditioner and which shampoo. And I do it every time, whether there's a problem or not. Because you know what? Sometimes those problems don't show up at the salon. Sometimes they show up later. Well, especially if they're allergic reactions. So I was going to give an overview and, and remind people that there's really two classes of post-grooming problems. And one of them, are, like say, product reactions. There are irritations and there are allergic reactions. And what causes shampoo irritation sometimes called chemical burn, can be, well, there's any number of harsh ingredients that are like not rinsed out well. So that includes your fragrance chemicals. Mymanine is used to clean battleships. It's really a degreaser. It's a deep degreaser. That means it pulls out lipids from the skin. We just became overly attached to the concept that natural is better. And the truth is, all of these botanical and naturally, well, not all natural products are bad. I don't even want to say that at all. But I'm going to say that botanicals, herbal extracts, and essential oils um, are very complex chemical mixtures themselves, much more than a synthetic ingredient that you would make up in the lab. An essential oil can have 15, 20, 25 chemical components. Everything in nature is chemical. So it's just not as easy in the natural format to control the components. Meaning that the ingredient spoils faster because of the natural ingredients? Well, they oxidize faster. And that's why you will find one of the reasons for tocopherol or vitamin E is not so much what it's going to do for skin and hair. It's that it slows down oxidation of uh, a product, of a formulation. But shampoo irritations are 
um, it's something that I don't deal with very much because I have a recirculating bathing system that dilutes the shampoo so much um, that it's not likely to cause an irritation. Irritation is caused by the concentration of the substance, let's say an additive, the length of time that it contacts the skin, it's natural components. Okay. Shampoo detergents themselves are not likely to cause a reaction unless they're not rinsed out well. In the old days, you know what I used to do? I used to use nature's um, specialties and I would dilute it half the manufacturer's recommended amount. Did it work well? Oh, yeah. It got great suds. Sure, it worked well, but this is before I understood recirculating bathing and the, and the, how dilution works, you know, and I was just thinking that I was getting a better bath. All I was doing was wasting product, you know, like actually increasing the dosage of everything in that product that I put on the dog and requiring a whole lot more rinse out time. Which then yeah, washes was that money it right down the drain. Instead of using it 10 to 1, I'd use it 5 to 1. You know, uh, and some people just get fed up and use it full strength. Well, if you use a, a formula that's intended to be diluted 16 to 1, and you do 4 to 1 or full strength, you're much more likely to have some mischief go on and cause the skin to erupt, especially if your hand bathing, the time on the skin is much longer because you have it, you know, like whatever you lather first sits there on the skin. Uh, by the time you get through lathering up and rubbing it in everything, what you use first has been on there a longer time. So, you know, and then some of the skin is more sensitive, especially that skin on the inner thighs. And that area also, when we clip before we bathe, we rough that skin up. We open that skin a little bit, you know, maybe a lot. You might even have a little unseen clipper abrasion there. And then you put on a strong shampoo by hand that you've diluted to uh, twice the strength. And maybe you're in a hurry and it's a big dog and you don't rinse well. Well, there you got it. You got the makings of a shampoo irritation. The difference in between an irritation and an allergic reaction is that the irritation will show up sooner than the allergic reaction. A, a shampoo irritation can show up in an hour or two. An allergic reaction can not show up until three or four days. And so this defense that a lot of groomers have he was fine when he walked out of here does not work with an allergic reaction because a dog could walk out of your salon looking fine and have the allergic mechanism starting to stir up 
And then it gets worse. And then the dog licks it and it irritates more. And then it begins to boil. And then it spills over. And then it gets hotter and it gets worse. You know, you see what I'm saying? Totally. Totally. I haven't had a vaccine or a, I haven't had a shampoo reaction in so long. I mean, really long. Yeah, I've never. Because I've always I, I, used I the bathing beauty. I mean, I'm not saying that. I'm not sure I can say I never, ever had a shampoo problem with the bathing beauty. But usually it's. But I can't remember a shampoo irritation. I have had allergic reactions, but few. The shampoo is diluted to the extent that the amount of allergens that hit the skin at any one time is so few that it doesn't meet the allergic threshold. Every dog has a threshold. And some dogs have very high thresholds. Nothing's going to bother them ever. And some dogs have practically no threshold. It's just like some people. Some people react everything and they have yes. a history of dermatitis and skin problems and then some people try to make you think they have this horrible history of irritations when they just didn't like the walking air freshener flavor you chose last time you did their dog and then you spend 15 years washing their dog and hypo products and making sure that no cologne is in there when you do their dog and then you find out Oh, you have sugar cookie cologne? Oh, we like that. Go ahead and put that on. I'm like, are you kidding me? Mind blown. Mind blown. That's because they didn't feel comfortable telling you the truth. It took their kid. You need to work on clients to feel free to tell you if they don't like a fragrance or if they don't like anything. They need to get yes. free and you need to remind them that a whole lot because people don't want to bother you. They care about you. And the more they care about you, the less they want to complain. Right. But they could have just said they didn't like the flavor. I've been in situations where I barely had enough True Tearless left in my bottle because I didn't see how low it had gotten. I could have washed them in a Best Shot shampoo. The dog isn't going to get allergic. They wouldn't have smelled it. I just didn't know the reason behind their request. So, you know, you learn. And that will lead us into our next subject. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. Sometimes my clients don't like a walking air freshener. When these crazy people request a scent-free option, I go right to show season. Show season true tearless shampoo and hypo conditioner fit the bill. They are totally fragrance free and yet hold up on their own as good products. True tearless has been expertly formulated to be gentle to the eyes, skin, and hair while maintaining good cleaning power. Hypo conditioner is a great option as well, and it's one of our favorite conditioners with or without fragrance. So let's get fragrance free. Use True Tearless and Hypo Conditioner from Show Season today. Go to showseasongrooming.com. We want to welcome Randy and Cheryl Lowe from Precision Sharp and invite you to check out their website where you can see their newest precise cut shear called Lynx. 
It's a patented design featuring a thumb ring that slides the length of the handle for perfect ergonomic placement of your thumb. Slide it and lock it into position to get your best groom on. Check it out at PrecisionSharp.com. Ready, groomers? Here comes our first appointment. Maybe not our first appointment, but our second appointment. I'll have to edit that. <laughs> Barbara, I thought it would be fun, because it is Christmas or the day after Christmas, to just do a casual, easy list of our favorite things currently. Because, you know, that does change and mutate and stuff like that. And I'll start us out, because for years and years and years, I have used Le Pouche de Noël for my Christmas scent. I bought the expensive cologne. I bought the fancy shampoo. I paid insane amounts of money to get it shipped here because I personally loved the way it smelled. Then all the kerfuffle happened with the F&T and the Delimonene and all that stuff. And I thought, why should I support a company that doesn't share their ingredients? And so for the past handful of years, I have been searching for my Christmas scent, looking for it, testing and retesting with my clients, with myself, and I couldn't find anything that made my taste buds tingle. But lo and behold, this year, I picked up a gallon of the show season sugar cookie shampoo, and I am in love with it. I'm keeping it on the record for the whole year. I'm going to be using it all year long. It's fantastic. It smells delightful. My clients like it. And if you pair it with the cinnamon cologne and the cookie cologne, just a little light touch of each, you've got a snickerdoodle, which is one of my favorite cookies. I love snickerdoodles. So now I am all on board with Show Seasons Sugar Cookie Shampoo. They disclose all the ingredients. They support the show, and it smells delicious. So that's my number one. What's your number one? Well, my number one of the, quote, five things that turned into be like many more. I have to say my number one is my bathing beauty. It's a game changer. It totally changed my game at my shop. It coincides with what I know about ingredients and how they act on skin and hair. Um, the only thing that you really lose with a bathing beauty is the fragrance. Yes. We can throw that in later. Uh, but you can add that in later. That's why I use the sugar cookie cologne a bunch because I I've enjoyed that. I tried to tell you and uh, <laughs> didn't I? Oh yeah. It smelled waxy to me at first. It doesn't anymore. It smells delightful. So it smells delightful and clients like it and it is good all year round. So that, that fragrance wise sugar cookie is one of my favorites. And there's a couple of fragrances from iGroom that, that Dave, the groomer loves but I, I can live without. I'm naming things that I can't live without. So my second thing is uh, my figura trimmer and wall snap-on combs. Oh, yeah. You use those all the time. I still use my full 
strength, my big clipper. Well, it's not that big. It's a nice andus. It's nicely ergonomic and all of that. But it's got a long cord and it's heavier. And I just do so much with the figura that if I had to pick what to go to the island with, it would be my figura. I'll just borrow your clipper. <laughs> on those you know like one percent of the dogs where i just gotta have a clipper finish i want to for obvious reasons say that i can't do without my canine too i really <laughs> appreciate it more than you will ever know right at this moment i appreciate it because it's completely repairable that it's maintainable the hose is a decent size it doesn't expand and shrink up in a weird way that kind of freaks me out <laughs> it's a good solid workhorse and my canine too the one that i'm using currently i probably got in the year 2000 so it's probably 24 years old and it's still growing strong and it looks pretty decent well but it does spend a lot of time by itself in a closet in the back of my trailer, so it's not like it gets bumped around. But even so, it's in great shape. I had a canine, too, that I had for a couple, three decades. I stopped using it when I went in for a change of brushes to the vacuum cleaner repair place, and they didn't hook it back upright, and I didn't have access to one motor. That was annoying. I mean, and I went back and everything, but it just never was happening. I, so I ended up walking around it for about five years as it sat there and <laughs> uh, got dusty. And then I sold it for $25 to a sharpener Wow! Uh, who was also repairing dryers. He repaired it, he repainted it, and he resold it. And I'm sure that it's serving somebody else. You're right about that. But for me, my canine tooth was too loud. And uh, even though I was using the flat nozzle, it was irritating me. The X power that I use now is a little bit less noisy. All of them are you're going to have a motor noise and a wind noise coming out the nozzle end. I just realized something. The reason that this dryer is so much louder is because my K92 is in a closet in the back of my trailer. I can't hear it nearly <laughs> as much. It could be just on volume. Yeah. Okay. Well, hello. Exactly. I just didn't realize it. It's sounds louder because it's sitting at my feet because I have to put it there because I can't wire it into my trailer. So anyway, that's just a funny note that I just realized. Okay, let me do another one since you did two in a row. I got a comb this year that I didn't have and it's the Chris Christensen cat comb. It has two long teeth and a short one and two long ones and a short one and it pulls the undercoat out of not just cats, all kinds of things. I love this comb and I'm thrilled that I bought it along with the Chris Christensen face comb. So two combs that I really, 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 really use every day and love. And they've held up pretty well. I don't know that the new ones will as well. But on the flip side to that, I bought a half moon comb 
and I never pick it up. I never use it. I'm glad I bought it on AliExpress and didn't spend very much on it. But the other two combs serve great purpose for me. And um, actually, along with my extra wide and medium one. But I have just not gotten the use out of that half moon comb. So epic fail for me. I know everybody loves them. It just doesn't do it for me. Uh, along with my happy cat comb from Chris Christensen and my face comb. I always want to react to yours because I'm one that loves the half moon comb. And I've got a Chris Christensen one and I've got um, an AliExpress one. And they're really pretty much the same except the price. And um, I love those, but I agree. I love, in terms of what do I go crazy? What do I have a fit about if I can't find? That Chris Christensen cat comb is one of them. It's not that I use it all the time, but when I can't find it, I just go nuts. I want it when I want it, God damn it. Who took it out of my drawer? Uh, <laughs> where is it? You know, and the lawn has to scurry around. Well, you know, I would never do this. And you know, I would always put it over there. And, you know, she's just like defending herself. <laughs> and uh, I'm saying... Okay, so I agree. And we use it, for example, this week, we used it on a chihuahua that has shedding off of its haunches. So right at the back of the thigh, where it gets thick, I use that comb right after she's done all of her thing. I pick that comb up and get another whole mountain of hair out of this chihuahua this is a little three-legged chihuahua named chula who's missing one back leg uh, but she's still got the top of the lamb chop there (laughs) 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 my next one would be i'm gonna talk about five scissors that i like I could go anywhere with these five, a seven inch curved, an eight inch straight, a five and a half inch curved, a five and a half inch thinner, and a seven inch chunker. That's a nice assortment. And the new shear that I want the most is the precision sharp links. I want one of those so bad. <laughs> Even though I'm closing my shop in two weeks, I'm going to be grooming. I'm going to be teaching. I'm going to be demonstrating. I'm going to be helping Lynn where I'm staying, do uh, dogs in her home salon and teaching her and coaching people. And I want my tools. So I'm taking them. <laughs> these are the ones that I go nuts if I can't find them. You know, like I have a small straight. I can use it or I can lose it. But I don't go crazy if I can't find it. But if I can't find my five and a half inch small thinner that I use to get inside corner of the eyes without it looking scooped out in, in owl eyes, I go nuts. And I went back to using my eight inch straights because I want to get some nice lines down 
the front and the sides of the legs. And really that longer blade uh, is a go-to. So I reattached to an eight inch blade uh, straight from a six and a half to a seven. Last year, you suggested to me to go on to AliExpress and buy these super duper light, colorful aluminum handle shears that you said I would love. So I bought these curves. I love them. They cost $15 and I see them everywhere. All of the fancy shear manufacturers sell these shears because their cost is probably $7.50. And then they sell them for $55 or more. And yet I went on AliExpress. I got them. They've held an edge. I haven't even had to have them sharpened. And I use them constantly. Thank you, Barbara Bird. I love these shears. But I'll admit it's a hit or miss with the shears on AliExpress. But these are so obviously the same shears that everyone's selling. Shopping on AliExpress for shears and blades is a learning curve. It's best if you find distributors who are manufacturers. I will not ever buy another Purple Dragon share again. They are crap. They're just likely to disappoint and not hold an edge and just like not do a good job. If you buy your first chunker and it's a Purple Dragon, you're going to hate chunkers. <laughs> You know, yes, <laughs> I have a six and a half inch chucker that I get from Northern Tail Sharpening, costs $50, PayPal, and I love it. I, and I have a curved chunker that I got on um, AliExpress, but I only go with to my kind of favorite manufacturers to get these things. And I like using that it's like a seven inch i didn't put it on my list because i can live without it there are some things though that i just go nuts if i can't find and the five and a half inch curve is um it's my version of the small curve that you like yours is probably a six inch yeah so i just like these bevel edge german small curved scissors for feet and small areas and making a little curve on the eyebrows. And uh, yeah, I just got a dozen uses for them. And when I want that little tool, I want that tool. There's a lot of straight edge. I can be interchangeable. I can borrow something from you and use it and love it. I don't, I can't go into a nine and 10 inch though, because I end up just cutting my fingers of the other hand. You know, I just, I just can't be trusted with those really long sword type shears. Bless you if if you got those and you use it on everything. But I do mostly small dogs. And um, another one of my thinners that I love is the curved thinner that I got from uh, Randy Lowe at Precision Sharp. Me too. Yeah, it's one that's going with me to South Carolina. And it's not on my list, but I really couldn't ever give it away. And I do get a little anxious and um, 
spiteful. Yeah, uh, I always blame the employee that's not there with me at the moment, handing me my next dog. Well, that's the perfect way to do it. The employee of the day is pretty well safe from my ire, but I will curse <laughs> out the one that's not there. <laughs> I'm such a bitch. Well, anyway, that's just a side. Um, do you use chunkers at all? Yes, but very small ones. So like five-inch chunkers because I have too much thumb pressure. I can't keep the other ones cutting. But the little ones, I love them. I might have even gotten them from Randy. I'm not positive where they came from, but they are great for me. The seven-inch curved thinner that I have, and we just want to be sure that everybody understands the difference between a thinner and a chunker, because Yvonne doesn't know the difference. I ask for the chunker and she'll bring me a thinner. No. Not everything that has teeth is a thinner, although everything that has teeth can thin. But right. a chunker will take out a whole hell of a lot more. And a chunker is really good for surface trimming. And it's really good for making your surface look better. With seemingly little effort. With seemingly little effort. And the thing of it is, the chunker is not so caring about what angle you're cutting with. You can cut sideways and it's not going to like fuck it up a whole lot. So, you know, you have a lot of flexibility. You can go inside the back legs and go up and it doesn't make steps. <laughs> do you ever do that straight here? You go inside the back leg and you're going up the back leg and you do it. You're not holding it up or down. You're holding it side horizontally and you go up there. Then you look Again, and you got these fucking little steps going down there with the hair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then oh yeah, I do. <laughs> uh, okay, I got another one. You got another one? What? I actually got three more. I've got one more. Okay, go. Well, I'll do one. You can do one more, and then I'll finish up. So, my new Andis Emerge clippers are really nice. I'm, I'm liking them. I use them for just quick cleanups and jackets on terriers. They fit in my hand really well. The switch is in a good spot. So if you're considering getting the Emerge, I would say you might want to wait and make sure the batteries are good. But other than that, really nice clipper. So I'm happy to have that. All right, next. Well, the, the next thing that I have is really many things. And all together, they're called silicones. <laughs> I had that on my I list. could not groom without some form of silicones. There are many forms. I can kind of mix and match. I can grab this and make it work. I can grab that and make it work. Of course, I love my, my best shot, Max that has many uses and that I can use by itself as either a detangler or a conditioner or an anesthetic. Um, but I also like human products that have state-of-the-art silicone technology. I know that about you. <laughs> because I think it's all interchangeable. I just can't get behind this business that never use human products on your pets. 
I've got a spray over here that's a L'Oreal keratin spray, and I use it on my hair, and I brush it out, and then I use it on my pet. I got a cat that loves to be spritzed and brushed. As long as she can stand there, she's not going to sit for me. She's not going to be on a table for me. She's on the ground, or she's standing on my leg, and I'm brushing her. She loves to be brushed. And I'll use a product on her because... She's not licking herself a whole lot. I live with her. I know she's. I know she's not. You know. <laughs> I, well, anyway, I would have to include silicone ingredients as a class. Is one of my couldn't do without five things. And I am on that bandwagon for sure. Okay, my last couple. One of them. I'm just going to throw out there because you said the Bathing Beauty Recirculating Bathing System because that's definitely on my list. But right next to it is my Clipper Vac. Since I've always groomed with it, I would hate to have to groom without it. I knew you were going to put that in there. Yep. So those are two that they're just automatically at the top of every list I would ever make of things that I love because I really do. They are my favorites. They are my favorites. The last thing, though, I really became appreciative of just this year I love my new table and everything that goes on top of it, including the lip system, the table divider, the hose clamp, the groomer's helper, all of it. I love it all. I love it all together. I like how it integrates and works together. And I love how it makes grooming easier for me. And that's what makes that stuff all end up on my list. So there we go. And I couldn't live without an adjustable height table. Yes, that too. I learned to groom on a stationary height table. I have one too. I have a portable. It's good for if I have to go to somebody's house and trim their dying dog the last time or something like one of those silly things that we do. It's not silly. It's special things. But um, I could do a dog or two on a stationary table, but I couldn't just do a selection of large and small dogs on a stationary table. I definitely couldn't lift a big dog up on one adjustable height table. And if I had my druthers, adjustable height tub would be on my wish list. I could see that. Well, that's going to wrap up the show. This was fun. I wanted to do something fun for the last of this year. So this was it. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. I always love talking about just favorite shit and yep, why we love it. Me too. And uh, Barbara, you're my favorite shit too. <laughs> I should include you on the list. <laughs> well, you're on my list. Good. We, that's a given. That's a given. What, what have we done 10 years together on this podcast 10 years and every Sunday I I can't stand it I don't have any Susie time on Sunday because of something or other you know like god I miss you when you're not there it's just such a part of my life yeah time flies past oh I can't believe it that we've done it for 10 years we're here for you you guys we're here for nine consistent years and we will be here for many years to come, I hope. So thanks for being here with us. I hope you had a good Christmas and let's toast to a new year, Barbara. Cheers. Hey.
Yay, cheers. Happy grooming. See you next week on The Groom Pod. Bye now. Take care of yourselves because we love you.